0: The contents of the Parachute Advice podcast or the associated social media sites are for informational purposes only. This podcast and associated social media sites represent the opinions of the host and his guests to the show. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard or read on the Parachute Advice podcast or associated social media sites. If you are in crisis or you think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you are having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255 to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at a crisis center in your area anytime, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately. Hi, I'm Thomas. Welcome to the Parachute Advice Podcast. My life has taken a lot of twists and turns, and on this podcast, I will dive into those experiences. The goal is to help everyone listening learn from my experiences and hopefully avoid some of the mistakes I've made. Hi, welcome to today's episode of the Parachute Advice Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas. Today, I wanna talk to you about something very different, but I think something that is very important to weight loss, mental health. I think everyone suffers from issues in this area one way or another. I personally have had stretches of very bad depression and at times suffer from severe anxiety. I'm not ashamed of the fact that I've sought out professional help several times in my life, both after my dad had died when I was 11 and 12 years old, and then again after my mom died when I was 25. Both times I lashed out with severely destructive behavior. How severe? Well, after my dad died, I was expelled or pulled from school before being expelled two separate times, finally landing on a school that was very understanding of my behavior. What do I mean by this? I was the kid who did everything possible to not put the effort in. This has been me for years. I often joke that if I had put in even half the effort I did on not doing things, I would be a millionaire inventor. While in high school, I would often have a C or D GPA in basic courses to go on and take an AP class and score an A because I found it of interest and put the effort in. Frankly, it's a miracle I even graduated high school, not because I couldn't, but because I was doing everything in my power to not. This same type of behavior erupted again when my mom passed away. I successfully drank myself out of a great restaurant shop, ultimately being told I should quit before I was fired. It was not unheard of for me to come home and drink till I passed out, wake up, have a drink or two, and head into work. All while I was doing a bang-up job destroying friendships. Like I mentioned in previous episodes, this fatalistic view I'd had would often erupt in me just ending friendships and then blaming everyone else for this having to happen. One thing that helped me with this was a life-altering series of events 13 years after graduating college. I had destroyed a friendship with my best friend from high school. We were so close during college, we even got apartments across the hall from each other. Why not roommates, you ask? Well, we knew each other so well, we knew we could never be roommates. I won't go into details about this because, first off, it's still very personal, but more importantly, it's not my story to tell without getting the okay from his family. But let's just say it had a profound impact on my life. It really forced me to think about a lot of things and what needed to change. That said, I didn't make those changes easily or quickly. If anything, I headed further down the rabbit hole of why does anything matter if at the end it all just goes away. I let this impact both my professional and social life. I was extremely depressed and heading down a familiar path of destructive behavior. What stopped me? Several things. The realization that at 40 years old, the consequences would likely be life-altering and not in a good way. My sister is the only remaining family I have would be horribly disappointed in me. And finally, if I really just wanted to end this all, I could at any point in time, but something was stopping me and I needed to figure out what that was. What was it besides my sister and her disappointment that kept me grounded? If I didn't figure this out sooner or later, I'd be right back into a self-destructive spiral. The only item that continued to come to the front of my mind was the idea I mentioned back in episode one. That is that a person can do anything or be anything they want to. You just need to put the work in. How could I hypocritically sit around saying this if I didn't hold myself to the same standard? And here I sit, physically, mentally, and financially in the best position I've been in my life. How did I do this? First off, it meant being very honest with myself. That might be the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I tell people this simple story. The hardest day for me ever was the day I decided I was and could be happy with the person I had become and could build from there. Why is this the hardest moment of my life, at least mentally? It means that everything that made me, shaped me, was inherently a good thing, or at the very least resulted in positive outcomes. Think about this. I just said losing my parents, the two greatest tragedies in my life were inherently positive events. Does not mean I wanted that to happen? or would wish this to happen on anyone else? Hell no. But it did happen, and it shaped me, and I have to be okay with that to grow and evolve. So here I sit, working every chance I get to embrace hardship and use it to better myself. From here, I began to look at the little things that were impacting my ability to be happy. How could I be a better friend? How could I be a better brother? How could I be a better person overall? What did I control that I needed to change to do these things? First, for me, was looking for a new job that would get me out of a toxic environment. The place I worked and the overall environment was not good for me mentally. This is no comment on the company or the people. It was purely a personal decision to improve my situation. Ironically, within six months of finding a great job and company, I started this epic weight loss journey. I often found that I struggled in the arena of emotional intelligence. What is emotional intelligence? As defined in the Cambridge Dictionary, it is... The ability to understand and control your own feelings and to understand the feelings of others and react to them in a suitable way. I often tell people I talk with, when you lash out, ask yourself why. It's usually a fight or flight reaction to stimulus. This is a place I struggle with and have to work on every day. When I find myself doing it, first off, I step back, apologize, and then the moment time allows, I analyze what triggered this. Why did I lash out and why in that situation? Once I know the root cause, I ask how do I eliminate that from my life, or how can I better position myself mentally to react when it happens again. I've spent a lot of time focused on this. I also make sure to listen to my inner voice and try to understand what is driving the mental struggle in the moment. I have come to realize often there's an underlying reason for why you are stressed or depressed. This is not to downplay clinical depression. That is a very serious issue, and I would encourage people to reach out and get professional help anytime you need it. I recently read an article from the Harvard Business Review that had these great simple steps for when you need to cool down. Breathe. Simple mindfulness techniques can be your best friend in tense situations, and none is more straightforward and accessible than using your breath. Next, focus on your body. Sitting still when you're having a difficult conversation can make the emotions build up rather than dissipate. Experts say that standing up and walking around helps to activate the thinking part of your brain. Try saying a mantra. This is a piece of advice I've gotten from Amy Jen Su, managing partner of Parvis Partners and co-author of Own the Room. She recommends coming up with a phrase that you can repeat to yourself to remind you to stay calm. Next, acknowledge and label your feelings. Another useful tactic comes from Susan David, author of Emotional Agility. When you're feeling emotional, the attention you give your thoughts and feelings crowds your mind. There's no room to examine them, she says. To distance yourself from the feeling, label it. Call a thought a thought and an emotion emotion, she says David. Take a break. In my experiences is far underused approach. The more time you give yourself to process your emotions, the less intense they are likely to be. So, when things get heated, you may need to excuse yourself for a moment, get a cup of coffee or a glass of water, go to the bathroom, or take a brief stroll around the office. Be sure to give a neutral reason for why you want to stand up and pause the conversation. Next, I'd like to talk about social media and the impact it has on our daily mental health, as well as the longer term impacts it can have. Too often, things like the quote, doom scrolling and going down the proverbial rabbit hole of negativity on social media is just death by a thousand cuts. I was lucky to not go through high school or college with social media, so I still remember how to live without it. I try to limit my interaction with social media and the internet at times, but it's absolutely had impacts on my mental health. I've gone as far as turning my smartphone off or putting it in Do Not Disturb for whole weekends. One of my favorite things about riding my motorcycle, at least for me, is that there's no way to be on the phone while I'm just out exploring the country roads. Recently, as part of a trip, I went completely old school to disconnect. What do I mean? I turned off my phone, I turned off my bike's GPS, and used handwritten directions on my arm to navigate. I also try to find ways every day to just go about my life being happy with what I have. I try to remind myself my terrible story or situation is someone else's dream situation. When you're upset you got a flat tire, there's someone out there dreaming of having a car so they can get a better job and have that flat tire. When you hit a weight loss plateau and are frustrated you haven't lost weight in weeks, someone is crying themselves to sleep because they just hit their heaviest weight and feel lost in how to even start the weight loss journey. Too often, what we see on social media is the sanitized version of other people's lives. We see them on their dream vacation. We see them on their dream vacation but we don't see that they just took on thousands in credit card debt to have that trip or foregoed contributing their retirement accounts. We see the happy Christmas morning picture of opening gifts, but we don't see that the husband and wife just had a huge fight or that the kids are completely out of control. Why do I talk about all of this? Because it has a huge impact on our mental health and in turn, our physical health. Who hasn't just had that day where they get so depressed, they say, screw it, I'm eating the whole pint of ice cream. God knows I have. Then the next day, your weight is up a pound. Luckily, it's from the physical weight of the ice cream. But we say, screw it. I failed. And the next thing you know, it's six months later and all of the gains you had made on your weight loss journey are gone. I know how this goes because I've been there and I've done that. Another thing I struggle with all too often is anxiety. At times, it can be terrible. I've gotten so stressed at times and let my anxiety get so bad that it becomes crippling. All too often, I find it's over the dumbest of things. My biggest issue personally is I'm a planner. I like to have a plan for anything that could come up, and when I get into situations where I can't plan for everything, I get terrible anxiety and get stuck in these feedback loops. I've learned over the years that the best thing to do is step back and find the root cause of these anxiety feedback loops and look for solutions. I also find it best to take them on head on. For example, two years ago, before I lost the weight, I was planning to go on a solo motorcycle trip between jobs. I got so hung up on all the irrational things that could happen and how the trip could go wrong that I ultimately made up a huge excuse for why the timing wasn't right and didn't go on the trip. Think about that. I let irrational anxiety ruin a vacation. How often do we all let fears like that get in the way of us and our journey to greatness? Back to that trip. What did I ultimately do? Well, I went this past fall. It was my celebration for hitting my 200 pound weight loss goal. It would force me to face all the trip's fears as well as learn how to go on vacation after losing all that weight. That was something I was starting to get real anxiety about. How would I manage a vacation and eating out after all of the work losing all that weight? I had an irrational fear that one trip and I'd go to bed and wake up the next day and be 200 pounds heavier. I still let this get in my head from time to time, but this trip helped to prove it's a crazy fear. If you stick to your long-term plan, things will be fine. I had four iconic Wisconsin restaurants and three breweries I planned to visit. I had no intention of limiting myself, but at the same time, I would make good decisions. Like, I don't need two cheese sandwiches from the cheese shop. One would do, but don't stress about the fact that it was full-fat cheese or not low-calorie bread. I stopped at a cute little ice cream shop and enjoyed one of my favorite flavors, Blue Moon. I had an amazing steak dinner one night. What happened after all this eating? Well, I gained six pounds by the time I was back, but within seven days was back to the weight I had been before the trip. Nothing was ruined. As for the trip itself, I identified all the items I was worried about and made a plan to deal with it. What if my battery died? What if I broke down? What if I got a nail on my tire in the middle of nowhere? This was easy. I have roadside assistance through both my insurance and my hog membership. I carried a mini jumper pack and a tire repair kit with an air pump. Did I overpack? Of course, I always do. But as a result, I had a plan for all the things I was stressed about and was able to just enjoy the trip. I mean, realistically, who doesn't overpack for a trip? Sometimes when I pack, you'd think I plan to shit my pants twice a day, anytime I travel. Three-day trip? Need six pairs of underwear? Summer in the Midwest, I better have a raincoat and a winter jacket. So you ask, how does this all apply to weight loss? Simple. Be open to what is going on in your head and identify the root cause. Is it a big vacation and how you'll handle eating out? Is it the first big celebration like a friend's wedding? Is it going from weight loss to maintenance? All of these are things I have struggled with and learned to work through. Going on maintenance has been the hardest part of this whole journey. I'll have an upcoming episode about this and all the things I've done to be successful at it and the struggles I've had. But today, I want to leave you with the opening section of the Serenity Prayer, a prayer written by the American theologian Reinhold Neuber. God, give us the grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things which should be changed, and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other, living one day at a time enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to you joining me for future episodes of the Parachute Advice Podcast. You can contact me at parachuteadvicepodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, parachuteadvicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at parachuteadvice. Thank you for listening, and please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.